Thank you for choosing to listen to the Mummy on a Break podcast. I am Maria Newman, otherwise known as Mummy on a Break. My journey to becoming Mummy on a Break started back in 2016. That's the year I took voluntary redundancy whilst on maternity leave with my second baby and without really having a plan. The only thing I knew at that moment was that I needed to change my job and if I didn't seize the day and take my chance, I'd be in the same job doing the same thing up until I retired. That thought really scared me. So long story short, I embarked on my journey of being mummy on a break, which started with me actually deciding to start my own business. And by following a very windy road led me to create the life I really wanted. I now help women who are like the old me. I help busy working mums who are fed up of the routine, the daily routine, and want to take back control and create the life they really want in their work, their relationships, their wellness, their money, and the fun stuff. If you want to find out more about how I can help you, then check out my website, mummyonabreak.co.uk and click work with me. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome to the Mummy on a Break podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I am Mummy on a Break. You can find out more about me and Mummy on a Break on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing six women who are experts in their field and know a thing or two about well-being. My guest today is Caroline Payton. Caroline is a nutritionist, naturopath and a gut health expert and a great advocate that health stems from a holistic whole body mind approach. Thank you for joining me today, Caroline. Thanks for inviting me on, Maria. I'm looking forward to this. Yay! So Caroline, I know you, but some of our listeners may not. So could you tell us a bit about yourself, your story and how you got to where you are today so that our listeners can get a better sense of who you are? Yeah, of course. So um, I went to university, I left university and I spent 20 years in corporate roles. Most of that time is actually with BT, um, sort of middle, middle management position with huge, huge, huge responsibility. Um, I, it was very stressful. I had terrible skin. I developed acne. It was really awful. And I'd always had an interest in sort of interested in looking at nutrition. And I just got very, very demoralized and found the job very unsatisfactory, really. Um, and so I was looking for what else can I do? What else can I do? And I always describe it as a light bulb moment that I suddenly thought what I really want to do is study nutrition. That's what I want to do. Um, I was very lucky. I was able to find a course that was part time. I was still working and my twins were five years old. So I was working part time. But it wasn't quite a part time job and studying, which I absolutely loved. So having done the first year, I continued it was a, you know, it was a long time for me to qualify doing it on a part-time basis um, and having to go and attend tutorials and, and do the full course. Having finished it, I then went on to study naturopathy, iridology, well-being coaching. The trouble is we often want to go and learn more and more and more. And having spent so long in practice now, 12 years, I've now realized, well, I didn't, haven't just realized, but I've always been aware that health starts in the gut 
unless that's good, your digestion is good, you can never be 100% healthy. So that's why I specialise in that more and more today. There you go. And I know we've spoken quite a bit and I know you like to take a holistic approach because actually if you're just focusing on the thing that's like niggling, that's not the answer. And therefore you're not actually solving what it is that, that might be causing you some no. discomfort. So why is it important to take that holistic approach? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was covered in my nutrition training, but it was covered in a much bigger degree, really, in my, through my natural naturopathic training. Um, we are interconnected systems and, you know, hormones and our, you know, inflammatory markers and one part of the body is constantly communicating with another. If we just think about our circulatory system that's taking nutrients that have got to be digested from our food, to our cells to be used you know if you're nutrient deficient in some way our cells are not getting the right nutrients from the food to be performing all the functions that they need to perform and as a naturopath I love the analogy that was taught to be to me by my sort of men I consider her to be my mentor which is as a three-legged stool and if one of the legs of that stool is slightly shorter than the other because it's out of balance then really the whole stool was going to topple over and the three legs of that stool is Obviously, it's called chemical, but that's nutrition and digestion and good elimination. The second one is to do with mental, emotional, spiritual side of things. And you would we need to include stress in that. It's such a big factor in our lives today. And the third one is to do with structure. Um, I'm not a trained osteopath, but I had to study a little bit of body work in order to understand the importance that if we imagine our, our, our vertebrae slightly out of alignment, then the nerves can get slightly impinged and that can affect the flow of nerves to our to our, our cells and our tissues and organs again. So is having this sort of understanding holistically of all of that that's really important. So you've talked about that you're a naturopath. Now we all know what, a, well, we think we know what a nutritionist is and we hear people talking about, you know, gut health and making sure that you're taking in the right um, food types so that you have a healthy gut. But naturopath, that is something new. Explain to us a bit more about what that is. Yeah, in the UK, not many people understand what that is. I do actually get clients approach me because they know I'm a naturopath. It's much bigger in America and Germany than it is in the UK. It isn't a therapy in its own right. My therapy is nutritional therapy. Naturopathy is a whole concept and approach to working with individuals. It is understanding that we need to get to the root cause of symptoms. It's no good coming in at symptom level. We've got to get below that and find the root cause. It's understanding everything is interconnected. That three-legged stool approach that I talked about. And as naturopaths, in America, they're called naturopathic doctors, and we don't use that name here. But as naturopaths, we understand that our role is as educators. So we're not here as a naturopath to tell our clients what to do, eat this, eat that. Our role is to educate so they understand why they need to make changes so they're able to go off in their lives and live a healthy life. So that's sort of keeping it and, you know, do no, do no harm, less is more. You want to put, you know, you don't want to put an additional burden on the body. It's, it's that whole holistic approach and keeping things simple as well. Yeah. So really reinforcing the holistic approach mm -hmm. to when when we as an individual feel like we've got an issue, an ailment, something that's not quite right. It's just reinforcing that it is 
yeah holistic it's, view it's rather than body, trying when to... you when you've got a symptom it's your body's way of telling you that something's out of balance in the body you know our immediate view is we have a headache and you know it's our upbringing and we, we, through the sort of like we have a headache oh i need to go and take some paracetamol because that gets rid of the headache but you're putting a sticking plaster over the problem well why have i got the headache what's going on in my life to trigger the headache to occur in the first place something in all those things i talked about is out of balance along the way and i think for me just what you've said just that phrase of oh you know i've got a headache i need to take a pill I think is very representative of the modern society that we live in, where it's just like, well, I've got a problem. I need to fix it now so I can then move on. Whereas, you know, sometimes, like you've said, less is more. Sometimes slowing down means actually we can get to where we want to go to a lot quicker. So mm. I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, so you'll have seen reoccurring issues from both your clients and also what you generally see happening in the world. Can you tell us about some of those reoccurring issues and your advice on things to think about and things to try to, to start to like overcome them? Mm. I'll try and keep it as easy as possible because it could get really complicated. <laughs> well, let's start with digestion. Obviously, a lot of my clients come to me with digestive symptoms. Um, and most of the time, by the time they come and see me, they have exhausted the medical route. They'll have gone and had lots of tests and great, if nothing can be found, that's great. There's nothing serious going on, but the people are still struggling with all these niggling, bloating, and I don't need to express more what the sort of symptoms might be. So that's one of the big ones. And I think first and foremost, most people are leading quite stressed and busy lives. So we need to try and I was, used to say to my daughters, if they were rushing their meals, you know, your stomach doesn't have teeth. It's about slowing down. It's about eating mindfully first and foremost. That's the, you know, one of the things I would say, one of the things I'd like people to take away is, you know, digestion is something that needs to occur when we're not stressed. Um, it's called, we're either in fight or flight or we're in rest and digest mode. And it's called that for a reason. So we want to try and it's not easy because we are busy and stressed, but as much as possible, sit at a table, take a few deep breaths, have the meal in front of us. Don't be looking at our phone. Don't be watching TV and take time to eat the meal and chew it well. I mean, you come from a separate background, Maria. So I'm sure, you know, eat sitting around a table and communicating is so important. And not many people really do that today and go around rushing, rushing, rushing. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is tiredness. Everybody is tired. Um, people can wake up tired. People have mid-morning dips or mid-afternoon dips. Or there's just this under... I'm sure if people really stop to think about it, there's this underlying... Are people really firing on all cylinders? I'm sure many people aren't. That's a, that's a big one. Now, that could be many, many factors. But the first thing I would say, and I'm going to sort of come on hopefully and talk about this a bit later, is to sort of just look at what people are eating. If, if people are spending their day, if they're looking at what they're eating during the day, and it's really starchy, sugary, heavy, you, you know, if you're eating lots of breads and cereals and pastas and big potatoes and things like that you know if you're eating a lot of starchy foods it can really play havoc with your energy levels over the course of the day sometimes tweaking meals can really make a difference and you know that's sort of starting to think about that you wanted three things didn't you Maria yeah yeah 
Um, menopause for ladies, you know, this is a big one, perimenopause, menopausal symptoms. Um, and I'm going to use the stress word again about this. Um, I did a presentation recently to a corporate company during October, which was menopause month. And um, one of the things I spoke about is the concept of, you know, I mentioned fight or flight. We produce cortisol if we're really stressed, but the same pathway in the body that produces cortisol is the same pathway that produces our estrogen and progesterone. Now, if your body is going into survival mode, it's always going to prioritize the fight or flight. Mm. So it will prioritize producing cortisol overproducing progesterone, progesterone and estrogen. So we need to, what I'm talking about here is later on, as we produce less estrogen from our ovaries, we rely on our adrenal glands to produce it. So, you know, it's what can we do to try and lower the stress in our lives? Again, I know that's not a quick thing I can cover on your podcast, but it's trying to reflect and think about lowering stress. That can in turn help the body that's going through this transition move from getting estrogen from our ovaries to estrogen from our adrenal glands. Yeah, I love that. I, I obviously loved when you're talking about food, because like, as you said, I'm Cypriot. We love food. There's <laughs> nothing that can't be solved over a good plate of something. Mm. And the whole mindfulness and actually like taking the time to enjoy what you're eating as opposed to rushing, 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 because, well, you need to do something. Do you really need to do something or would your time be better spent just just being and just enjoying? We don't uh, prioritise eating as a really important thing that we're supposed to be doing, you know? And and, it is. so simple. And it's so simple. It's so simple. And it should be enjoyable. <laughs> and too many people have, not fear, but it's this, they always don't want, some, a lot of people don't probably really think they should be enjoying their food. They don't know if they're eating the right things or should they be eating this or should they be eating that? And yeah, we should be enjoying our food. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe I've done this a bit backwards, but now can you like bust a few myths for us? I love myth busting because, you know, somehow on the way, whilst, you know, we're growing up, we get told all these things and we just take them on as truth. And not always actually knowing for ourselves, well, is that true or is that something someone once told me because it might have made their life easier? It might, they might think it might make my life easier. So just a couple of myths for us, right. Number one, fats. Fats make us fat. That is the biggest myth going. Fats do not make us fat. I just talked briefly about starchy foods and through complicated pathways, if we have too much starch and too much sugar in the body, it gets stored as fat. Now, fats are needed. We need fats in our diet. Um, a little bit of saturated fat is also fine. People are scared away now from saturated fat. And there's a lot of myths around saturated fat and heart disease as well. Um, so we need some fat. But, you know, let's try and prioritize the sort of good fats in our diet from oily fish, nuts and seeds. But fats do not make us fat. You'd have to be consuming one hell of a lot of fat and you wouldn't be able to. And maybe some of your listeners might have heard of these, this thing called a ketogenic diet, which is a really, really high fat diet. I don't promote it in my practice. It's not something that I specialize in. Some practitioners do. Some people follow ketogenic diets and successfully lose weight on it. So I really want to bust that myth that fats make us fat because it couldn't be further from the truth than that. 
And sort of linked to that is this thing around cholesterol. You know, everyone's getting hung up around cholesterol. Again, they're worrying about what they're eating. Some people still think eggs and cholesterol and all oh, the saturated fat and cholesterol. You know, at the end of the day, your body is going to make the cholesterol that it needs. The liver is making cholesterol. So if you're not getting it through the diet, it's going to make even more. Um, so there is a still there is a bit of a myth around the fats and cholesterol, and especially around eggs. You know eggs are a great food for people to eat um and for some of your listeners if they're in this position because i see it with some of my clients which i find frustrating is if you're experiencing symptoms and different things that are going on and maybe they've been to their gp i get very frustrated when they're told that it's in their head it's all in your head and or or maybe you're a bit depressed and take some antidepressants. And no, it's not in your head. What you feel is what you feel. And it's absolutely right for you to be feeling that. And as I said at the start, your body's way of telling you something's out of balance. So it definitely isn't in your head. And most likely you're definitely not um, depressed either. You're feeling a bit down because you've got different symptoms. So um, never accept that as a as a reason at all you know it needs further investigation and that final one I really relate to because I mean you know me I'm I'm positive most of the time but the thing I always try and um, practice and really lean, lean into is well you know when I'm not feeling I'm gonna say when I'm not feeling myself I get curious about it rather than trying to suppress those feelings which we know are, are not good for us because then they'll at some point if we keep on suppressing they'll just explode and you don't want to get be in that position but just get curious about well why am I having a low moment at this moment in time why am I feeling a bit sad what exactly what you said earlier what's changed in the last like day or so that might make me feel like this now and just always be curious rather than it's very good trying to put a plaster on it and then going oh no it's fine I've got to be positive everything could be okay it'll all work out I'm sure you'll be covering this as some of your other guests um but yeah it's absolutely fine not to be okay on a particular day we don't always need to be positive all the time that's because we're human aren't we we are we are yeah so as we come to the end of the podcast um can you give me your top three tips when it comes to looking after ourselves in this modern society especially where it's easy to say oh well I'm far too busy as a way of not looking after ourselves I think um, I'm actually not going to start with nutrition I'm actually going to talk about stress relief I think we need to all of us find ways and connect with something that works for us to help lower the stress in our lives I think people are more stressed than ever in the right now and we need to find something that connects with us that works for us to lower the stress because stress has such far-reaching implications on us as humans that's not visible to us at all but is affecting us in different ways so whether it's yoga or deep breathing or picking up the phone and chatting with a friend you know anything that's going to help with stress relief is really really important the next thing is about um with diets it's not about making drastic changes and it's not about going to extremes i don't believe in you know that word diet i'm not talking about it being a diet i hate Mm. a diet it's about tweaking diets and it's about everything in moderation i very much believe in this Pareto 80-20 rule that we don't need to be perfect 
but we might just need to tweak our diet a little bit, maybe less starchy carbohydrates. How much you know, wheat am I consuming? Maybe I could just consume a little bit less. My protein sources, you know, do I eat any oily fish? Or do I think I need to be all vegetarian? No, maybe a little bit. And maybe red meat suits you. It's fine for you to have that. So a little bit of everything in moderation is something else I would I would say. Um, and um, yeah, it's never a diet, you know, never see it like that. It's just, yeah, tweaking things. And yeah, don't ever do diets because they just don't work. Well, diet originally, and, and you'll know this better than I, I do, when we talk about diet originally, it's it was just saying, well, what do you eat? It was didn't have the, the connection of, well, you're on a diet, that means you're trying to lose weight. It's just like, well, what's your, what's your, what's your day-to-day eating habits? And now it's got that negative connotation it where it assumes, well, you're obviously trying to lose weight, aren't you? I talk about, you know, my clients, I talk about eating plans. You know, mm. I just avoid yeah. that word. Because yeah, yeah. like you say, it's got such negative connotations. Oh, oh. Oh, it has it has so there will be people listening who can relate and might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed what can they do next to get them on that path that actually they want to be on but they just don't know how to start I think if people are like I'm not sure I'm doing things right or I've got different symptoms try and record a food diary so just start jotting down don't be um can't think of the word I'm looking for. You just just write it down. Try not to be objective about it. Just just write it down. Whatever you're eating, and people, and then you then reflect on what you've eaten. Because people, when they fill in my case history questionnaire and they do their three day food diary, are often like, oh yeah, didn't realise I consumed that 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 and that. And when I put it all together and include the drinks as well, because once you've done that, you can think, oh gosh, I've had six cups of tea a day and I just put sugar in each one Mm, is that really the best thing for me maybe I could make a few adjustments to that Mm. or like the wheat or the dairy or yeah you know what I had that for breakfast but I didn't have any protein with it or that sort of thing so I think that's a really good starting point for people just to honestly judgmental is the word I want to use don't be judgmental don't be judgmental it's not about being judgmental just write it down have it and look at it reflect on it or maybe leave it till after Christmas now but just write it all down and then come back in the new year or whenever people are listening to this you know and just at the right time just have a look through it and just think "Hmm, is there something missing from my diet do I eat enough vegetables because that's often missing for people yeah eat the rainbow eat the rainbow rainbow, yes because each color gives us something different doesn't it absolutely so as we draw this discussion to an end I love talking to you um (laughs) what three things would you like everyone to take away from our conversation today the first thing is be kind to yourself it's really don't beat yourself up about not having a perfect diet because if anyone knows me they'll know I'm not perfect at all you know so you know be kind to yourself um self-care and prioritize yourself because it's not selfish well actually yes we're okay to be selfish it's not a bad word we absolutely must prioritize ourselves and as mums in particular often putting our children and families first we need to look after ourselves first and foremost that we're well enough to take care of our families so it's be kind to yourself and absolutely prioritize yourself and and you know think about some self-care and just this final thing about mindful eating 
trying to eat slowly, because it's not just about whether you've got digestive symptoms or not, you may not have anything apparent, but if we don't take time to be eating our food carefully, to um, be able to produce all the digestive secretions that are needed to break down that meal, we may not be extracting all the nutrients from our food. So of course, we can have the best diet in the world, but unless we've got good digestion to support it, we're not gonna be extracting the nutrients and absorbing them for our bodies to utilize. Oh, and relax oh how lovely now we have come to the end but I know that our listeners were going I need to be in Caroline's world I need to connect I want to find out more how can they do that well I have a Facebook group that's called inspired lifestyle choices for women over 35 bit of a mouthful but you can find me um inspired lifestyle choices my website is Peyton principles so p-e-y-t-o-n Peyton principles is my website so you people can get hold of me through either of those routes I'd love people to join my Facebook group and connect with me there I'm always giving out information and running Facebook lives sharing my knowledge that's what I'm passionate about doing oh well thank you very much caroline for sharing your expertise and talking to me today my pleasure thank you everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as i did if you're interested in finding out how you can work with me and how i can help you then head over to my website www.mummyonabreak.co.uk and click on work with me. Take care.